0: Oh, my God. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip, and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat.
1: Amazing. Love it. That is
0: stunning. That is, like, so flipping true. Come and get your coffee. Cheers to that. Today's guest is Matchmaker. She's really cool, really inspiring, super lovely, and absolutely killing it. After working in the PR space, she noticed a gap in the market for businesses wanting to take their marketing efforts to the next level through collaboration. I can't even say the word, collaboration. And today she created an online dating site for brands. It's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Jessica Rufus from Collabosaurus to Jumbled Loves a Chat. So welcome!
1: Thanks so much for having me. How exciting!
0: I know, so exciting. I've actually been really nervous about this chat today.
1: Why? Like, why? I we know, should have well, it in and tonic or something.
0: I know, I know. But then I, yeah, then I'll probably start. <laughs> I don't know. It probably won't make sense. But you, you won't know, ever I be always able get me if we I have know. <laughs> I always get a bit nervous before a podcast. I'm quite nervous, but I feel like I've got sweaty feet, I think. So <laughs> I think it's because you have your own amazing podcast, but I think it also might be the excitement of what we're about to talk about because I really love collaborations and I can't wait to have my mind blown by you.
1: Well, pressure's Hopefully. on. I hope I can it. <laughs> <be mine. laughs>
0: and also while I was... Doing this podcast, I ended up signing up to Calabasaurus. Um, So I couldn't help myself because it felt like it was like the adult version of a kid shopping in a candy shop. It's like looking, it's like shopping for opportunities that you never knew existed. So I hope other people might jump on and have a little look.
1: Oh, my gosh. It if for anyone listening, I'd love to see you on Collabasaurus. That would be so much fun. And yeah. how exciting. Jumble's going to have some cool cool opportunities to have a little look at I mean I know you have a ton in the pipeline already ahead of Christmas which is cool but
0: I know it's an more exciting the <laughs> time I know I know and I want to be doing one cool thing a month at least yep. so you'll help me reach my target hopefully but we better we better start by um can you tell everyone what Calabosaurus actually is
1: Sure. So, Collabosaurus, the way I explain it, is really a matchmaking platform for brands. So, it's like online dating for businesses. Uh, it's a site that allows you to go on there, you get matchmade up against really cool businesses for you to collaborate with that have Similar audiences to you, they're in complementary industry spaces, um, and just like a dating site, you can request to connect with them and go on that first date and have a oh, chat and come up with a creative collab. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much like a dating site for business, really.
0: Oh my god, it sounds like I can't wait for my first business to business date that's no. fun I'm
1: excited it's not as intimidating oh. thank goodness as
0: yeah like Tinder or something like that oh,
1: you can be God. polyamorous on Calabosaurus. you know you yeah. do to stick with just the one you're gonna make oh, heaps of God. connections and do lots of different creative things oh that's
0: fabulous and I'm fascinated by business names always how did you come up with Calabosaurus?
1: So I was working in a marketing company at the time and the bosses were on leave and I'd had this idea for Collabosaurus, and I just yeah. thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. This is genius. This is amazing. Yeah. And I just had like a working title for it that was Colabosaurus Rex, but I think it came from like I was talking to another girl I was working with and she was saying supercalifragilistic Calabasaurus docius is actually yeah, yeah. where it first came from. And then I was like, oh, Calabasaurus rex. And I was like, this is definitely not going to be the name because no one can spell it. It's too long. Like, does it make sense at all? And everyone I spoke to was just like, oh, we can't call it that. Like everyone hated the name. And then I couldn't come up with anything better. I was like, oh, there. a couple of things were chucked around like um, piggyback. But then I was like, that gives the impression that one brand's taking advantage of another. And I yes, really did yeah, like that. Yeah, I was like, no, it's yeah. about win-win. It's equal value. And it's value. probably
0: like a sexual move or something rather, <laughs> you know, when you're saying it's like business to business. I think it's a great name.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, in the end it just kind of stuck. It was my favourite and... I mean, of course, after we launched it, everyone loves the name, which is really great. And then even if you grossly misspell it, it's such a random word that we dominate SEO. So I'm like, well, you know, there's no point changing it
0: now. Yeah. Oh, it's such, no, I think it, it sort of like has a life of its own, the name.
1: Yeah. Everyone, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you should have a mascot. You should have like a dinosaur mascot. And I just haven't been able to get. Like a, the design, right? Because I think I came from fashion PR, and it was all very, you know, fashionable and beauty yes, yes. and having like a dinosaur mascot was would have been a little bit too kitsch. I think. Yeah,
0: I don't think you need it. I don't think you need it.
1: So I mean, so far we've we've gone all right without one, but I, I'm exploring some kind of collabo. I like collabo Cupids like oh that's cute
0: yeah. rant, but, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's cute <laughs> sending kisses anybody. anyway we better rewind a little bit and I, I want to find out more about you because you've done so much already and you're only 29 makes me feel very old but you know where did you grow up and what was your childhood like
1: So I was actually born in Melbourne but my parents moved to Sydney's northern beaches so quite north. We were in Newport which is fairly close to Palm Beach. I grew up there um, from about three years old and have always been on the northern beaches um, my whole life and that was really fun. I was a total nerd at school. (laughs) Massive nerd. I loved English. I was yeah I like topped my class in English I was that kind of person and then um, I mean as a kid I was always doing things like creating zoos for my sister and charging my sister to come and like look at the zoo from the butterfly that I had caught and the lizard I'd put in a jar kind of thing Or mm, doing yeah. like lemonade stalls. I've made my mum do, um, set up a, Oh my gosh, she was so good for even doing this at all. But I did these little watercolor artworks. This is probably when I was about five or six, we'd set up outside the local deli and I'd sell them for 20 cents so that I could buy a lolly bag. <laughs> so <laughs> I used to do <laughs> yeah, I used to
0: do the same things too, like do crayon crayon drawings and cover them in glad wrap as if it was glass and sell it to. like I know, I know, very funny. I never thought that funny. funny? <laughs> I
1: never came up with that thing, yes.
0: So you obviously had that entrepreneurial um like side inside you anyway. Um, did you know what you wanted to be when you were growing up?
1: I uh, I wanted to be an actress for a long time. I remember um, pretty much all my childhood. I really wanted to be an actress, and I just loved film. And so when I finished high school, I went and studied film. I went into mm-hmm. I wanted to be a producer or a cinematographer or work somehow um, in film. I think I love food too much to, <laughs> to really. <laughs> So, but I was a drama kid so I did like you know the major production at school and I ended up writing a play that they put on as the major production the following year after I left and I was able to direct that which was fun and so yeah I was super into sort of drama film that kind of thing and then I had a lot of people at uni say Oh look, it's so hard to make a career in film in Australia. Like you're going to have to work really hard for a long time for no money, and move to LA. And I didn't really want to do that at the time. And so one of the courses I was doing was um, uh, like music journalism, I think. And so that kind of flipped into PR, and I fell into that and really liked it. And then you know I didn't even know. I think at school they don't they don't really. Explain that there's so many other things you can do other than like nurse, doctor, lawyer, like the, the things that you would just be aware of as a kid. I just I didn't even know PR existed. So I kind of fell into that and my first big job out of uni was at a boutique fashion um, PR agency in Alexandria, which was full Ooh. on. It was never Prada in real life, was my experience. <laughs> you could write a book. Oh, well, I think I've got a book in me, but I don't have the patience to write one. <laughs>
0: yeah. The fashion industry is like such a funny place, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I found it quite cutthroat. Um, yeah. Yeah, super interesting. And I think I think there's a misconception that the fashion industry just have endless money. Um, and that's okay. really not the case. You know, they're doing really creative things uh, with no budget. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was really eye-opening, I think. Yeah, so you're working at a PR
0: agency and, you know, when did you decide that Collaborosaurus? oh my God, I can't even say it, when did you decide that you wanted to go out on your own and start your own business?
1: I actually had never considered starting my own business definitely not when I was in PR, I was pulling together media uh, launch events for fashion clients sort of every quarter and going along to events and things like that. And I saw, I remember seeing a couple of really great collaborations that I was like, this is so clever, you know, and why isn't this leveraged more? There was one I went to that was Watson and Watson. Um, They had collaborated, they're a fashion brand and they'd collaborated with Vittoria Coffee. And they also collaborated with this beautiful new venue that had, was only really open at night and they held this morning media showing of their latest collection and on arrival it, you know everyone had this Victoria coffee that was like with had their name on it and it was all just very beautifully done in this beautiful venue and I just thought this is so clever because all of a sudden 50 media and, you know, industry people are in this space that we didn't even know existed at the time and, you know, we're all sipping and sharing on social media that we're having Victoria coffee and it just it just makes sense and it was such a great Collaboration, but then on the other hand, I was seeing collaborations done really poorly, and a lot of um, publicists saying things like, "You know, where can we get free stuff from, and how can we get a hundred yeah. units of free coconut water for an event?" And it just wasn't leveraged very well, and it was a massive scramble. It took so much time to get these things together, and often partnerships were so key to these events because, you know, the client didn't have additional budget to spend beyond what they were already spending with the PR agency, so. Yeah, it was a big hustle. But then from that job, I went into um, small business marketing education. I worked with a company that did like a 12-month course as to how, to how to DIY your own marketing. And that's kind of where I spoke to more business owners and started getting the idea that it was like, oh, this, you know, well, if they can do it, I could do it. Like, this is kind of cool. And I was so inspired by all of these people who were just building their empires. And it was, it was amazing. And, you know, partnerships was a massive part of that course. In marketing Mm. but so many small businesses weren't doing them because they'd been taken advantage of in the past or didn't really know where to start and or writing really terrible emails (laughs) to pitch brands and um, we weren't getting any responses so that's kind of I think what snowballed eventually into um, a little while into that job I wasn't really enjoying it anymore and I wanted to be doing something more creative and I wanted to have an idea for a business but I just didn't have one and then one day I was looking for partnerships for a particular event. And I think that night it was like at 3am or something. I remember just not being able to sleep because I had this idea and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, like that notepad next to your bed yeah. thing, like I was scribbling this idea going, this is amazing. And I couldn't sleep. And um, I didn't tell anyone about it for about three months because I often have ideas and you know, they're shiny. So things this is
0: for the business. For the actual business, yeah. this is your idea? Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: It was like a, a place where you could, it was like a marketplace for partnerships was our original tagline. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from. And then I slowly started sort of building it in the background while I still was working and, yeah, it kind of went from there.
0: Why do you think you didn't tell anyone in those first three months?
1: Mm, I think because I thought I'd change my mind and it wouldn't interest me anymore but it was one of those shiny ideas that stayed really shiny and I couldn't stop thinking about it you know it's like it's like when you try on like a dress and then you don't buy it because you're like oh it's too expensive but then you can't stop thinking about it and it's like just get just get the dress kind of thing.
0: yeah it was and like then you kind of know it's right
1: yeah and I was like wow I'm still non-stop thinking about this idea like three months later I think this is something I want to really pursue and I registered the domain name just for fun because it was only going to cost me six dollars or something um in July 2014 and then I told I only told like my dad and like a close PR friend and a colleague or something because I was so secretive I was like this is such a genius idea that I can't tell anyone about it
0: genius <laughs> idea. no okay. but it is genius like I think that's lots of people's fear that if they don't do something quick enough that maybe someone will step in and do it ahead of them.
1: Totally. But, I mean, you know, looking back, it, we didn't have a competitor until two years in. I mean, lots of people said to me, oh, I had an idea to do that too. And it was like, yeah, but did you do it though?
0: Uh, <laughs> you know? so, yeah.
1: Me. So I really feel like if, if I could go back, I would have definitely told more people about it because the more early feedback you can get, the better. Um but yeah, that's kind of how it happened for me.
0: So why is it like you were saying partnerships before and then collaborations? And collaborations is such a like a cool thing to be doing. What is there a difference between the two or is it just the same thing? And it's um
1: That's a really I good question. Know. That's a really good question. Totally there's, actually, good there's so many, there's so much gray area because there's partnerships, collaborations, sponsorships licensing. There's so many different things you can do that kind of fall under that collaboration partnership banner. Um, I would say everyone's definition really does differ. Um, in America, they'd call it co-marketing is what yes. it is, I would say most of the time. But having a name like Collabasaurus, you know, we really wanted to own the word collaboration and apply it to that brand to brand marketing collaboration context so that's kind of how we've run with the word collaboration and now you know it's become a buzzword but it it definitely wasn't back then people didn't understand what collaborations were and I really underestimated how much education of the market we would need to do of like a partnership or a collaboration this is actually what it looks like it's can, cannot involve cash exchange I mean 90% of the collaborations that happen on Collabosaurus don't involve cash exchange whatsoever it's really about brands coming together and leveraging what they already have available to them in business for win-win partnerships really but um, for me the term partnership and collaboration they're kind of interchangeable they're pretty similar but a lot of brands try and use the word collaboration or partnerships When they're really talking about sponsorships, which is like trying to get an advertising advertising partner or a sponsorship partner on board. Yeah. Mm. Collaboration definitely
0: sounds more sexy. You
1: know what I I mean? I think so. I think so. It's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, did you have a clear vision when you launched where you've been now? Like, did you envision that you'd have this? You know, you're in, you're global now as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I think I was so excited by this idea and I had this vision that it was going to be this global company. I think I thought it was going to happen a lot faster than how it did happen. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I look back at my early forecasts and like quick budgets and things, and I thought I was going to be a millionaire in three months. Like, I kid you not. So it was like one of those things that I reckon where we are um as a company now is something I dreamed would happen within sort of three months. But you know, we're five just over five years into the journey now. And it's like we're only just I really feel like we're hitting our stride massively um on a global sort of scale. But I have a vision to kind of get a lot bigger, I suppose, <laughs> than what we are. i yeah. really love more of a US presence and a UK presence. I just see such a incredible opportunity for Um, collaborations to happen you know if you wake up in orange in the morning and say hey I would love clients in LA and you can in five minutes connect with brands in LA and collaborate without having to get on a plane and having to network or having to know someone or having to do cold outreach you know that is just something that has always really excited me and it's starting to happen more and more now which is really great to see but I just see this happening on such a, a much bigger scale even than where we are now.
0: Oh, it's so good. It's so it's so amazing. And you've got so much untapped potential. Oh, you know, there's so many opportunities and not just for you, but for businesses that, um, yeah, using this platform. So how did you launch? How did you let people know that you're open for business? So you kept it secret for three months. <laughs> and how long did it take you from that? Um, okay, I'm going to start telling people to it actually launching and then what happened once you launched?
1: I think I, so I remember quitting my job in January and like the uh, back end of the website and stuff was being built. I quit my job in January and I just started going to every networking event I could possibly go to and some were absolutely (laughs) awful. (laughs) <laughs> Especially in tech at the time, I was like the only girl there. No one knew what I was talking about, you know, like a marketing thing. It took me a while to really find my find my people, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. I remember um, the Collective magazine had, re- had launched and I was like, oh, this is oh, awesome yeah. and this is like where I want to be and this is amazing. So I think, you know, I really started telling people about it around January and then we'd launched in April, but I launched it as a free tool to begin with so i did anyone who signs up in like the waiting list gets three months free um as we launch, and that was a really good strategy. I think we had about five hundred brands sign That's up for good. that free. Yeah, which is great. But I mean, you know, not paying anything. <laughs> yeah, I totally. think maybe we might have converted maybe one to a paid subscriber <laughs> down the oh track because gosh. there was so many issues with the tech, and I hadn't thought things through. With so, for example, at the very beginning, we made this huge mistake where. Um, It was like there was still matchmaking going on, but you could see all of the brands that you've matchmade with. So why would you pay to connect? Because you could just reach out to them or, you know, via Instagram or whatever. And that's what was happening a lot. It was being short circuited, the website. So it would, took us a while to kind of realise that you have to gate that kind of content and then there were more issues being like, well, we can't talk about all of the brands that we have on the platform because you need to actually match make like, with that brand in order to connect with them and we didn't want to, like, disappoint anyone and it really, it wasn't until 2019 where I had the idea for the pitch portal that allowed us to overcome that completely <laughs>
0: and really. Yeah. And watch the pitch. What's the pitch portal?
1: So, Pitch Portal is like a uh, custom landing page that's um, public. And it allows businesses outside the Collabasaurus platform to pitch a collaboration to you. And basically where that came from was I was in the States at a networking event and I'd sat next to this girl who was um, one of the key marketing people at Gap, the clothing store. And she was saying, oh, we, you know, we do collaborations all the time. This is so exciting. But we receive about 150 Pictures every single month. Like we get LinkedIn requests and Instagram requests and email requests to collaborate. And it's just a nightmare to manage. We have someone employed full-time to go back and forth and figure out which ones are valuable. And I just sort of was like, oh, like we could kind of solve that problem, which at the time we definitely couldn't. At the time, you know, I think the um, the Australian audience, I suppose, is very much um, closed with their network, I think, compared to the US, and it's all you know, every man for themselves kind of mentality. I think that's breaking down now, thank goodness. But um, Calabasaurus, up until that point, had all had been all about accessing opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't know existed. Whereas in the US, I found that it wasn't like access to opportunities that they were looking for. It was how to save time massively with oh, nice. this collaborations that they were already doing multiple times per year. Um, so the pitch portal was this idea that all of those 150 pitches can go through this one landing page and then get automatically ranked based on their value to gap or what you know what they're looking for at that time and then it's basically just like tinder and saying yes or no (laughs) to any of the ones that look interesting so that's kind of where the pitch portal came from and it meant that we could link people to brands pitch portals it's like oh you can collaborate with the iconic which is something that's live at the moment And we can, you know, share the link and brands can, I know you guys should definitely (laughs) pick. And then people can just submit a request to collaborate and, um, yeah, and then that's kind of what, that was like at the beginning of 2019 and that really catapulted the business. And that came off the back of almost giving up, to be honest. I'd almost, right at the end of 2018, I'd came home. How
0: many years was that point from the start to, almost giving up where it hadn't three. quite worked.
1: It was about three, three years. years, I would say. And three years in and I tried raising investment and that hadn't gone well. And um, I went over to the States and spent so much money and was working across two time zones. I was so burnt out. And I came home with no money, so burnt out. So like um, like my ego was so bruised, I suppose, because I'd had, you know, oh, upwards of 50 investor meetings that were all like, oh, this isn't going to work, or I don't know, like we're not interested. And it's just a whole lot of rejection after rejection. And so I yeah, I almost I almost would closed the doors then because it was like, wow, like if so many people don't think it's going to work, then maybe it isn't. And I ended up maxing out a credit card and building the pitch portal feature because I was like, I feel like this is really good. And then ASOS signed up off the back of that and it kind of went from there which is great yeah
0: what do you think it was that got you through those three years was it just the the thought that it was a good idea
1: yeah look that really pulled me through I've always I've known it's a good idea I think what it has come down to is timing is just so important mm-hmm. um we probably life. yeah like I mean time I wouldn't change anything because we learned the lessons we needed to learn and I personally learned the lessons I needed to learn early when it we, you know, not so much was at stake um, and all that kind of stuff but I think as a concept Calabasaurus was maybe like two years too early um, to release into the market so I think you know looking back that's probably <laughs> what it was but what got me through were little like little glimmers. And it wasn't like we weren't growing. We were, it was just inch by inch. It was, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. And I remember, you know, thinking, oh, like we're just, things are happening. Like we're getting media attention. People are signing up to the free plan. Our Instagram's going nuts. Our events are going really well, but our subscriptions, which are core to our business, weren't growing at any rapid rate. And it was like, you know, I needed to fix The product itself, and educating the market, and all that kind of stuff, which is tech development, is just so expensive. You know, if you're building custom tech, but you know, whether it's whether you're building a product and need to invest in manufacturing, or whether you're building tech and you need to invest in software, it's just, I suppose, it's it's similar. But um, yeah, it was just not having any money and having to (laughs) to figure it.
0: out. I know, I know. It's that's hard. It's really hard. But on the positive. What does the business look like today?
1: So we have, we work with about 7,000 brands across Australia, the US and UK. And brands like, um, like the Iconic and Microsoft Surface and Pinterest, we've just welcomed on board as oh. well. Um, yeah, lots of brands in sort of like fashion, beauty, lifestyle, food and beverage and um, B2B as well. We've recently launched um, and we What's have a B2B. b2b is like anyone who's targeting business owners as so graphic designers accountants you know business softwares um they all want to get in front of business owners so those kinds of brands have always had such a huge opportunity to collaborate i mean collabasaurus is a b2b business we target business owners so um yeah like b2b partnerships have been so key for us so we've recently just launched that on collabasaurus so now all the graphic designers and stuff like that can really tap into cool partnerships um yeah, and there's a team of 11 of us, mostly all around Australia. I've got one staff member in the US at the moment. Yeah. And, yeah, we've got a cute little office on the northern beaches. <laughs> I know, and you're in
0: the same office space as Danny from the Make House, who we interviewed for a podcast Um a couple of months back and she did the installations in the shop so it's so
1: nice you're in the same little um studio it's amazing she does all the styling for the studio so it's it's just stunning always <laughs> yeah
0: and is it is it do, do you find it works well with all your people all scattered around australia and
1: Anyways. yeah yeah i do i think it, it depends on personality type massively and the and the type of role but um for where we have everyone at the moment it works super well and it's it's kind of nice to have i don't know i've always loved having work from home days and all of that kind of stuff i think i can't Um, I can't work at my best if I'm nine to five in an office in the city, like with that huge commute, um, which I did for so long. I think I just so value that um, (laughs) the ability to kind of be a bit more flexible with work days. And I love that with the whole team as well.
0: And, And also with creativity, which you'd be using, you know, in business strategy and ideas, like your creativity, you can't really just switch it on and off as you one, two, it's when you're in bed, you know, you're lying awake, yeah. <laughs> scribbling on the side. Late at
1: night, always. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we should talk about collaborations more. Okay. Why do you think that collaborations have become like such a popular marketing tool and also a business strategy?
1: Um. I think, oh, there's so many reasons. I mean, collaborations are just so powerful. I think at the core of why they're becoming so popular is because they're such an effective way to grow your business and your network creatively without cash spend. I mean, you know, they're up to 25 times less expensive than digital advertising, which is absolutely crazy. As As a strategy you can use to grow your business, that is absolutely crazy. And I think more businesses need to be doing what Jumbled are doing and, you know, collaborating multiple times throughout the year. I think there's a common misconception that you would do like one big, huge partnership every year. And it's like this ad hoc one-off thing that you would do when really you can collaborate in different ways with different people throughout the year to consistently use it as a as a marketing strategy but also you know the fabulous byproduct of brand collaborations is that you get creative and you also grow your network with amazing like-minded people as well.
0: Yeah, that's why I love them. I love them like to be able to be creative and to create something and then you know sharing the skills with another business that you don't have. It's sort of um yeah, it's oh, I love it. It's so fun. It makes business so, so fun. fun. I really feel like um, I'm just so looking forward to next year as well.
1: Yeah. It's and exciting. I mean so many so many of my friends who have businesses and stuff started out as collaborations. <laughs> That's how they kind of came about. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's so it's so great to just look around at who I've been able to connect with because of clever creative partnerships that we've been able to forge and then you know that ends up forging a friendship. And again and again, you can look at collaborating in different ways over time. So mm.
0: so I guess I often like think of a collaboration as a product. But what other what other collaborations? like what are the other things, the other options?
1: There are so many other things. Um, So I typically break down collaborations into three main types and then there's lots of little things underneath each type. So there's social media, event and product. So social media could be things like competitions and giveaways, content collaborations, hashtag challenges. Um, Event collaborations can be virtual events or in-store activations or, um, you know, events, whether you want to get involved in another brand's event or be running your own event and collaborate with venues and goodie bags and all this kind of stuff. But you could collaborate to create really beautiful experiences around an event as well. Um, And then products can be Online products as well, like there's things like yeah. podcasts that you can release in collaboration with another brand, or downloadables, or um, even like, uh, did you see Spotify and Shani Nicholas do their cosmic playlists collab? No. <laughs> oh, it was it's so clever. It's still going. Basically, Shani Nicholas is an astrologer, and Spotify is the music streaming app, and basically they teamed up to release playlists based on your star sign every month and it renews every month so you can listen to like the Aries playlist or the Leo playlist and um, it's like curated based on your star sign which was super creative and clever and it was like you know a really great way to engage people on an online product Um, and that's kind of a hybrid to me because it was leveraged across social media and they did events and stuff like that as well so yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many powerful things you can do with collaboration, yeah, and, that, and that's cool because it's not money based either.
0: It's there's so, so many other based. positives like, that come.
1: Yeah, from it. and it was like we were talking about yesterday with the surprise and delight. You know, yes. you can you can collaborate to really surprise and delight your audience and your potential customers and existing customers. It's just such a great way to do that. Yeah. Um. What What's been like a, a collaboration
0: that really stands out for you?
1: A collaboration that Collaborosaurus has pulled together? Got, a yeah. Together? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, There's so many and they're all so different um, depending on the industry space. But there was one that happened recently that I really loved and it was N2 Gelato who do the, you know, the dry ice. It's all very theatrical with the ice cream. And then uh, Cork and Canvas, which is the paint and sip um, sessions that you can go along to. And they collaborated and did a Sunday on a Sunday event where you would paint a Sunday and they collaborated on this limited edition ice cream flavor that was all very like theatrical around this event and it was super engaging and got lots of media attention and social media shares and stuff like that as well and yeah everyone was just thrilled it was it was a really exciting one to see unfold and there's a couple of um fun ones uh we're working with frozen the musical at the moment as well and oh, they've, yeah. they've secured yeah. some incredible collabs that i can't wait to share but i mean they'll they'll go live when um the musical kicks off but Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I could spend all day yeah. talking about my fave collab. Yeah.
0: What's so interesting? What what makes a great collaboration?
1: I think a couple of things. I've got, I reckon um, shared audiences and shared values are really really important. So you know, if you especially just from a marketing standpoint, if you're looking to collaborate as a marketing strategy, you want to make sure that you understand your audience and sort of what they look like, even their demographic, what they're interested in, where they hang out, and you're collaborating with a brand that has a similar audience demographic so that, you know, you can really add value to them and it makes sense. Um, And then values as well, values and goals um, come into it as well. So you want to make sure that you're collaborating to meet a certain outcome and I mean if that's creative expression no problem at all if it's and like just communicate that with your collaborator but if it's things like you really want to grow your email list and use a collaboration to do that you want to be communicating that so that how that collaboration can come together can actually work to help you grow your email list and you can help them with what they want to achieve and all of that kind of stuff as well so I would say shared audience shared values shared goals um, the other two things I would say are complementary industry spaces often make for a really great collab. If you're feeling stuck with a collaboration idea, I wouldn't start with the idea. I'd recommend starting with a, you know, what industries are complementary to mine and how we can add, how can we add value to our audiences through something that is, is sort of win-win and, and makes sense. So like fashion and beauty or beauty and food, even like they go re- they go really well together so that can spark yeah ideas. And then good people, I think as well, is really important.
0: Oh, that's good. And do you have to be like, is it the misconception that you have to be big to be able to collaborate?
1: Oh yeah. You can start, I started collaborating with Collabosaurus when I had like 50 followers on Instagram. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a budget, but I was collaborating straight away. You can collaborate, you know, before you've even launched, you can start um, building up these collaborations. Like one of the early collaborations I did in business was with Prue at the Owners Collective, who subsequent subsequently we ended up sharing an office space and we've collaborated ever since over like the course of six years but um I remember reaching out to her and pitching this idea to run a webinar for the owners collective community which at the time was a lot smaller than it is now it's she's absolutely killing it but um yeah we were kind of 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 similar stages she was a little bit ahead of me and I pitched this idea where I was like I will do everything I'll pull together the entire recording we'll put owners collective branding on it all that kind of stuff I understood that there was that value exchange and I came to the table with all of the things that I could do to help her um, and that's what made it really win-win and for her to consider it and we ran this webinar and um, you know that helped me grow my audience by you know 30 people that were in business and then we um, collaborated again and again and were able to help each other grow over time so yeah you can get started collaborating straight away I think the only thing to consider with that is okay, yeah, you might not have a huge Instagram following and it's absolutely not all about Instagram. You can collaborate without Instagram involved at all. So I think what you need to understand, though, is that the value that you bring to the table because brand collaborations for them to be successful have to be win-win. So you've got to understand what can I bring to the table if it's not you know, marketing prowess. Maybe you could bring your skill set to the table or your time. I mean, that's what I often did. I was like, you know what, I don't have a huge audience, but I've got publicity skills and I can write content and I can create social media posts. So that's kind of what I could bring to the table at the time.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. And even within communities, like I'm in a small regional town, um, there's really interesting opportunities and things going on between local businesses as well. Yeah. Um, you know, um, a local winery at Mother's Day teamed up with this beautiful f- um, flower grower and did beautiful bunches of flowers and it was delivered to your door. I like Yeah, um, like that
1: makes so, so much sense. So,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and that's how I ended up discovering the flower grower. You know, I was like, I didn't even know we had one in Orange. You know, I think um, you don't have to, you can just look to your own backyard, can't you, if you're a hairdresser local. in or, yeah, or in a, I don't know, a hotel or something. Yeah, There's local collaboration
1: is so, 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 so valuable. I love that. And even if you just think of, you know, how many times have you just even scrolled Instagram and discovered a new account because someone you already were following mentioned them and that's really, and you know, word of mouth marketing all that kind of stuff is really at the heart of brand collaborations. It's like a brand that you're already following and trust are going, well, we're doing this really cool thing with someone else that you guys should meet kind of thing. So it's a really great way to get um, in front of new potential customers who are instantly going to be super engaged and curious as to what you're all about.
0: Yeah, it's like almost matchmaking with a customer as well, with the audience yeah, too. You, totally. Your, your stars are aligning a little bit. And and what advice would you give someone who is wanting to explore collaborations and um, what are the really important things to remember?
1: Um, I would just start with understanding um what you want to achieve. I think so many small businesses in particular get really caught up in that I don't have a big creative idea as to how I can collaborate with another business. And I would say instead just start with, what do you want to achieve? What do you how do you want to feel coming out of a collaboration? What is it that you want to um, you know, achieve whether that's social media growth or email list growth or you want to meet new people in your area or you want to create an activation that engages customers. If you come up with that goal, then everything else becomes so much easier. I mean, you can use things like Collabsaurus to find a partner to fit that goal. Like it's not as hard as it once was to discover really cool brands that you could collaborate with. And thankfully, the concept of collaboration is more known now and understood now so it's it's far easier to get a cool collaboration across the line so my advice would be just to start definitely and put yourself out there and um, just make sure you're considering what you're bringing to the table and understand the win-win nature of any um, collaboration
0: yeah so good such good advice <laughs> I can't I hope I hope anyone that's listening that does have a business. Their brains might be ticking about what opportunities there there is yeah. within their local community or even further afield. So it's really wow. exciting. Now I'm not sure how you even have time for it, but you have two amazing podcasts, and you should go listen to them after this. Stop colla- collaborate and listen, and this is how we do it. Nineties, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. I didn't even pick up that the second one
1: was. uh, We do it. I know. We need to, like, yeah, we need to get the song involved.
0: I'm very um, open to collaborating on singing the intro for your podcast, if you need that, because I've got such a great singing voice. Um, What made you start podcasting? Do you love it or hate it? And how has it affected your business?
1: I started podcasting, you know, I can't even remember why I started podcasting. I feel like it's because I probably was binge listening to podcasts and I was like, this is so great. I started Stop Collaborate and Listen before the big wave of um, lots of brands coming on and starting their own podcasts too. It's so much more saturated now, I would say, but I love it because it's just such a personal way to engage a community. I mean, if you think of, an email or a social media post or whatever, you're really only engaging someone for seconds, you know, if if minutes. Whereas it comes down to a podcast, you know, you've got someone's attention and you can really tell a story and... Um, yeah engage with someone for a lot longer so i really i really love that and you can build so many relationships that way i mean i've had so many people reach out and say i loved you know listening to this podcast and i've learned how to do xyz and now we've been able to achieve whatever it was and i just love hearing that and it's just off those kinds of things don't come from a social media post they come from you know a longer a longer term relationship build and i think podcasts have such a a strong way of making relationships stronger, I suppose. So Mm -hmm. I really love them. I will say though, that they take a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah. And when I said hate,
0: I shouldn't have said hate. I should have said find hard.
1: What frustrates me then? What frustrates me about podcasting is the, it's exactly like what you said before with turning on and off creativity. I don't always feel like recording a podcast, I go through massive waves of having a bunch of ideas and being able to smash out podcast episodes in no time because it's just, I could talk for days on these topics. And then like recently, like the last three weeks, I've just had no creative motivation to be like, oh, I'm going to record that podcast. I know that if I'm in this mindset, like I am right now, it's going to take me three hours to record a 15 minute podcast because I'm just not feeling it. So I would say with podcasts, like you take the good with the bad. It it is like a hot, it's like having a whole other channel. You're managing a whole other channel with a whole other different set of content. And I'm really glad that um, my podcast audience is quite forgiving with how regular the podcasts are because sometimes they're fortnightly. We started out doing fortnightly podcasts and I was able to maintain that for about Oh, a year and a half, and then things got really busy, and I wasn't able to record them fortnightly. And they started petering out to kind of monthly podcasts, and then they kind of go between monthly and fortnightly at the moment. But
0: yeah, yeah. they're Do amazing. I, totally, I love listening to yours, and Thank I love I love just listening to podcasts in general. Really, it's like having a little mentor whispering in your ear, and you only need to hear one like cracking pearl of wisdom that can change everything for you so I made um all the girls listen to the impact of your um one on stop collaborate and listen Um, it was the impact of complaints handling and I loved that one I found that to be um a really interesting one about because we did have we we try to have that mentality here about when in doubt be generous Jane um Kay from Bird's Nest always says that and always sticks in my mind. But it was a really interesting way to look at things. And it's Mm. yeah, what you say is everything that you say is really bang on.
1: Oh, thanks. That actually that idea came from I had a hairdresser's appointment (laughs) that went wrong. And I like was poring over whether to go back and say something. I'd never done anything like that before. So yeah, it was super interesting. I mean, that's where that idea came from. They just handled it so, so well. And so I was like, okay, let's see if I can break down exactly what steps they took and why it was so successful. And I ended up being such a happy customer and spending more money with them. <laughs> really. Yeah, it's it's
0: good though. It's a good thing to remember though, isn't it?
1: And I guess in life too,
0: you know, is it worth not being nice? about
1: <laughs> it? Oh, I think there's there's always that one percent you know there's always that customer that isn't right (laughs) so um I think it just you've got to um you know take each one as it comes I suppose and and figure it out on a case by case basis but I would say yeah for 99% of the time generosity Mm. is so so key and it'll end up you know even if I You know, hadn't, if I hadn't had a good experience, I would have told people about it more Mm. than if I'd had a good experience. And like word of mouth is so important. And it's that thing that businesses just can't track. It's so hard to know what people are saying about you. And so, exactly right. When in doubt, be generous because you'd rather people be saying good things. Then you know, even if it's like I didn't have a good experience, but they were so amazing about it, and they gave me this, 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 you'll end up getting more customers out of out of that.
0: Yeah, that's so good, and I also love I'm Um, um how Bunnings is nailing customer service as well. That's a really <laughs> good podcast episode that everyone should okay. go and listen to.
1: They've brought back the sausage sizzle. So I'm stuck.
0: Oh, I know. My husband treats it like a restaurant there. It's so <laughs> ridiculous.
1: I do every weekend. We oh, go. So I mean, missed it throughout COVID.
0: I know. So what gives you the most joy in your business?
1: Um, That's a good question. I, so many different things give me joy. I think I think at the end of the day, I, I'm a super positive person. So I get really excited by excitement. I think it's, you know, when customers get really excited by opportunities or they've made a really great connection and that's really exciting or they've seen exciting growth. I think it's just that confetti of excitement that (laughs) gives me joy.
0: Yeah, that's so, I love that. And what do you, what's the most challenging part of it for you?
1: Ooh. Well, oh gosh, I've got to be careful answering this just from because I think challenges change, you know, as you as you grow, yeah. you go through completely new sets of challenges. So it's so hard to pinpoint. I would say at the moment um ah oh, challenge-wise, I mean, I think Managing uh, a bigger team of people, that's been a massive learning curve for me and staffing's always, you know, a challenge, I suppose, whether you have an amazing team or not, it's something that you so have to be considering all the time and making sure everybody is really clear on what they're doing and is happy in what they're doing and is rewarded and supported and all of that kind of stuff, which has been fairly new for me to come to grips with. Mm. Um, but really great, really great learning curve. And then um, other challenge wise, I would sp- I would say just running a business in general, and I reckon pretty much everyone would agree with me on this, is that like the self-doubt thing. It comes, it comes in waves and sometimes it's like the smallest little thing that can trigger it, but when it comes, it's just ugh, it's awful, and it's one of those challenges that you definitely get better at building resilience too. But I think that's probably the one constant throughout running a business. That's like, you know, the, that whole thing even with Calabasaurus of trying to raise capital and then getting all of that rejection. You know, immediately I was like, oh, well, maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe, maybe I had this wrong like all along. And then it was like, no, no, like customers think it's a great idea and people are signing up so it's like that's the validation that had kept me going but yeah challenge wise i think that self doubt monster comes up every now and again
0: no gosh i find that so it's often with women isn't it that self doubt only thing holding people back mhm definitely and do you have a dream project that you'd love
1: to work on yes i have a ton actually i so I love events and activations, I think, and and like being part of ones that are really beautifully pulled together, I just am in awe of that creativity. Mm. So I think a dream project would be a really large-scale, stunning event, um, kind of similar to I love what uh, Sophia Amoroso does with Girlboss Rally. I went to one in New York um, and that was really great, but um the, the audience didn't line up with, like, what a collaborosaurus audience would be. And I just think, oh, something like that um, with all of these experiential elements would be so great. I'd also love to do, like, an airline collaboration. I think that would be really powerful. Ooh. Like, Glossier is, like, one of my, oh, I just love yes. her and my friend. So, I don't know, I'd love to see doing something with them in case <laughs> they're listening. <laughs>
0: totally. You should do a massive like speed dating event.
1: Oh, yes. I know. But with all different,
0: different things. Different. Yeah. People dressed yeah. up as cupids. I can see it. would be so fun.
1: Yeah. We okay. actually, so there's a little thing, there's a little thing happening in the background. We're building an app at the moment and um, yeah. to be very much like the dating apps I suppose that are super easy to use and so we want to have exactly a swipe right swipe left situation so I've always had I really wanted to do a big event like that where you're pre-match made with people in the room and you can do it like through your through your app so that'll come I'm sure (laughs) I hope I hope one day
0: (laughs) oh my god oh I love that and then you discover the people at the event I think that sounds like slightly (laughs) scary but like amazing, I think that but sounds amazing. You could have
1: collaboration themed everything. You could have like strawberries and cream, or like coffee and chocolate. You could have lots of oh different things. All the foods could be collaboration.
0: Imagine the brands you could get on board. Like Kitty, any... oh my god! I know you've got to come up to see it. I can just see it. I can see it. Yeah. I guess my next question was, what does the future look like for Collabosaurus and and for you as well?
1: I think, I mean, when the borders open, a lot more travel. I I love travelling. I get so much inspiration from um, travelling and I also love coming home. I, I think where we live is just so fantastic. But um, travelling gives me so much inspiration. So I think for me personally in the future, I'd love to do a lot more travelling. And for Calabasaurus, I think it's really which goes hand-in-hand with that, is is growing further on a global scale and really facilitating more international collaborations as we grow, which is going to be really exciting.
0: Oh, go you. Go you. so exciting. Well, I can't wait for the borders to open up for you. Now we're nearly at the end. Are you ready for the jumbled mix bag? I'm ready. Hit me with it. Good. Okay. What is the best piece of advice that someone's ever given you?
1: Ooh, Great things never came from comfort zones.
0: Oh, that's good, yeah. What collaboration are you most proud of matchmaking?
1: One of the first collaborations is probably what I'm most proud of because I think it was so special to have a large brand jump on Collabosaurus at the time. It was the first large brand and it was Top Shop, Top Man. They were running a student event in Melbourne for 500 students and their catering partner had dropped out last minute. And so they found the dessert parlor on Collabosaurus, which at the time was a super small business. She was making these incredible pastries and donuts and things out of her mom's kitchen which I didn't yeah. know at the time yeah <laughs> and so she did these incredible Instagram worthy donuts for the event and it just that collaboration changed her business and Topshop was super happy as well they saved thousands of dollars on catering so it was super win-win that one's really really special to me because it all happened organically completely they just signed up on their own found the dessert parlor on their own on the platform and just and did it without me behind the scenes doing any matchmaking. It just happened naturally.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's so cool.
1: What to you is the best smell in the world? Oh, fresh coffee beans probably, but I also love um, jasmine and gardenia, both of all of those. So
0: nice.
1: (laughs) Food, actually most of it is food.
0: Oh, no, funny. No, I, I hope you yeah. didn't just hear my tummy rumble through the um, <laughs> through the microphone. Then, fancy hotel or camping? Oh,
1: it, de- it depends. So my boyfriend's like a massive camper. He will never do the fancy hotel thing. So I think if we're going away together, it would be camping. But if I'm traveling, it would be fancy hotel if I could afford it. Because yeah. <laughs> I love a robe. I love a robe, and I love to oh, you know have robes. <laughs> oh,
0: so nice. If you only had $50 left, what would you spend it on?
1: Probably food. I'd probably get <laughs> like a really cool little like graze. With 50 bucks, you can get some great cheese and patties and oh, meats yeah. and things. And I'd probably have a picnic at sunset if that's all I had left. That sounds nice. Do you have a secret talent? Um, probably. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I can, uh, because I was a huge drama nerd. I can. Um, I've memorized like the whole beginning of Romeo and Juliet, so I can do that whole monologue. (laughs)
0: Hilarious. Hilarious.
1: But the first thing I. But I've um. Yeah, I don't know. That's hard.
0: That's a. It's a good skill. That's a good skill. I hope it will come in handy for you one day.
1: I'm sure it won't
0: (laughs) if you could teleport back in time what would you tell your younger self
1: uh stop being so hard on yourself I reckon have more fun Yeah. yeah and if
0: you weren't doing what you're doing now what would you be doing
1: I think I'd probably be working in film. I had such a great experience. I ended up like interning on the set of The Great Gatsby and it was just so fun and I just let people talk me out of it, which I shouldn't have, I think, at the time. But I don't know, I, like there's still there's still time. I mean, I I might end up um, heading back into the film industry maybe one day. But, I mean, at the moment I'm loving Clavosaurus, so that's my oh, baby so
0: good thank you so much for chatting with me today because I know you're super busy and um it's just so the opportunities for everyone big and small is so exciting and it can and a collab could change your life pretty much couldn't it, it
1: definitely can and if anyone wants to give CollabSource a try it is free to sign up so you can preview brands that have been match made to your business if you're interested
0: Yeah, totally. And you're going to see me on there too as well. So, yeah, it's very exciting and it's, it's such a killer business idea and I'm just so thrilled that it's going so well for you. So thank you. Hey. Thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.